Hey, I'm Austin and welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. The Christmas season is often described as the most wonderful time of the year. Between parties, new gadgets, and never-ending food, it is truly wonderful. But all of these activities bring their own levels of stress, chaos, and expense. Often it's just too much. Too much to do, too much to eat, too much to buy. Is it time to say goodbye to too much? What if this Christmas season had a true focus on the advent of the one who changed everything? What if we reinvent Advent? Join Valley Point Church this December as we intentionally choose to experience Advent in a new way with less stress and more joy, real joy, lasting joy. Let's reinvent Advent. The coming or the arrival of Jesus is near. And that's what Advent means. It's the coming of Jesus. One of the greatest events in history. And I want you to think about that for a moment because there have been a lot of great events in history. But the coming, the advent of Jesus is certainly one of the greatest events in the history of the world. And here's why. It's because it's God's plan for us. And this is how God chose to reach out to us. And it all happened with a baby. Well, not just any baby. The promised one. The special one. The Messiah. The rescuer. The redeemer. And this baby changed everything. And all of this for us. All of this. It's for me. Advent for us. And that's remarkable. And quite honestly, that should cause us to step back every once in a while and just say, wow, or that is amazing. And we do that kind of. But this season, this time of the year, has a way of taking on a life of its own. And so here's what we do. There's kind of the first 11 months of the year And they're all normal, and there are events that take place there, and special things. But then the month of December arrives, and again, it just takes on a life of its own. And there's stuff to buy, and stuff to do, and stuff to be. And all of this stuff kind of becomes the definition of Christmas and the Advent season. And I think Jesus the whole time is saying, hey, wait a minute. What's going on here? And so what we're doing is we're saying, let's reinvent Advent. Let's make it new again with less stress and more joy. Less stress, more joy. Less stress and more joy. That sounds good, doesn't it? And I believe that is absolutely possible. And so here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray And then we're going to talk about how we can reinvent Advent with less stress and more joy. So, Father, we step into your presence, and we're grateful for these few moments here just to clear our minds and think about what you want to say to us. And so, God, in this place and in these next few moments, I pray that you'd help us just to clear our minds and to think about what you want to whisper into our hearts. And then, God, help us to be so ready when we walk out of here in a bit to just do 
exactly what you want for each and every one of us, where there will be a little less stress and a lot more joy in our lives. So God, we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. I believe we can reinvent Advent when we do something that can be kind of difficult. And here's that thing. It's when we give generously. That's actually our big idea today. It's what we're going to spend our time talking about. And that is giving generously. The second candle is now burning and it's known as the gift of Jesus that God provided for us. And there's something amazing about this gift that was given to us by Jesus that is both remarkable and extraordinary. And it helps us to understand this. Our generous God has offered to each and every one of us a real gift. I want that to roll around in your mind for a few moments. Our generous God has given to each and every one of us a gift. Now, maybe you're here and you're good with God. Like you feel really good about where you're at right now, and that is a great thing. Maybe you're here and you would say, I'm okay with God. Like I believe in him. I don't have that doubt, but yet I'm a little frustrated because Things didn't exactly work out for me this year the way that I wanted, and I prayed, and I trusted in God, and he really hasn't delivered for me. So I'm okay with him, but I'm just a bit disappointed. And then there's probably a group that would say, I'm not ready to go there at all. Like, I'm not so sure about God, and I'm just not in that place yet. So for all of these different groups, I want us to be thinking about how our generous God has given to us a gift to each and every person. And there is something that we learn about the character of God in this gift giving that is absolutely astonishing and inspiring. And that's what we're going to think about today. Just got one verse that we're going to read. It's found in Galatians chapter 4. And verse 4, and so if you have a Bible, you can turn there. You'll also find these words on the screen. Just one verse. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son. When the right time came, God did something, he acted, and something began. And what God did is that he sent his son. And so there's two kind of parts to this verse, just 10 words, very, very powerful. And I want to unpack each one of these parts and really begin to think about how God wants all of us to give generously following his amazing example. So here's the first part. It's the opening of the verse. It says, but when the right time came, and this is kind of an interesting phrase because it has the idea of the filling of time or the keeping of time. And so you could say it this way, when time was kept, when time was absolutely filled, according to God's timeline, not not ours, but according to God's timeline, when time was kept, when time was filled, something happened and what happened was amazing. One of the fascinating things that happens in the Bible And by the way, the Bible is just a collection of stories by several different authors. 
that tell the big story of God. And so God moved along these authors, and so they recorded the exact things that God wanted them to record, and all of these stories are packaged for us, and they tell the big story of God. That's the Bible. And one of the fascinating things that happens in the Bible is nothing. Nothing. And it's kind of interesting and also kind of confusing. See, we normally think of the Bible this way. It begins with the book of Genesis. And an author packaged all of that information and shared all of the different stories. And when that was done, then the book of Exodus was written. And then Leviticus and then Numbers and Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges and Ruth and First and Second Samuel and then all the way until the end. And each page represents a story or a specific time frame. And it just goes from beginning to end, kind of like a John Grisham novel. Do you have any John Grisham fans here? All right, you guys really should read a bit more, right? Because he's amazing, and I love reading his novels because what happens is you begin on page one, and then you walk all the way through the book, and everything happens in a two- or three-week time frame or two- or three months or even two or three years, and it begins, and everything is resolved at the end. And it makes for a great story. Often we think this is what the Bible is all about. It begins and it ends, but that's not really the case. And again, the most interesting thing that happened in the Bible was a period of time where nothing happened. And these years, this time was called the silent years because, again, there was absolutely nothing but silence. God did not speak. There was no new information from God. And so let's think about this. The Old Testament ends with a book called Malachi. For all of my Italian friends in the room, we can call him Malachi. He's the great Italian prophet. So he wrote this book, and that kind of ends the Old Testament. And then the New Testament begins with the book of Matthew. And what we find right away in the book of Matthew is the advent of Jesus. He arrives and he comes. But between Malachi, the great Italian prophet, and Matthew's recording of the birth of Jesus, there is a gap in between of 400 years where nothing happens. There is no word from God. There is just silence. And silence can be kind of awkward, can it? Like when you're anticipating somebody's going to say something and you're looking at them and they're looking at you and there's nothing, that can be kind of silence. Like if we did that in here, it would be a bit weird. Let's try it. Well, like, this is kind of strange, isn't it? Like, when is he going to talk? And when is he going to say something? And that's exactly what happened with God's people. When is God going to talk? When is God going to reveal some new information to us? When is God going to rescue us? When is God going to redeem us? And for 400 years, nothing but silence and empty space There was no new information from God. And so generation after generation after generation comes and goes, and they're waiting for something from God, and it doesn't happen. Nothing like 400 years of silence to kill momentum, right? Like, no wonder there was nobody there when Jesus was born. 
which I always thought was kind of strange and never could figure that out. I mean, it is Jesus, and there was a big star over the manger, and people knew that he was coming, and you would think that there would be a big crowd there at his birth. Like, Jesus, we have been waiting for you, and my grandparents talked about you, and great-grandparents, and great-great-grandparents, and you're here, and we are so excited because you're going to rescue us and you're going to redeem us, and you're going to help us. And so we're very thrilled about watching you grow, and we know some of the miraculous things that you're going to do, and it's going to be amazing. But instead of that, what we find in Scripture is that there was just a lowly group of lonely shepherds there to welcome the birth of God in the flesh. And again, there's nothing like 400 years to kill a dream. Maybe as we approach this Advent season, that's kind of how you feel. Like you're asking some of the same questions. Where is God? And I believe in God, and I've prayed, and I've looked at Scripture, and I'm kind of waiting for Him, but I seem to just run into this wall of silence When is God going to come through for me? When is God going to do something for me? When is God going to act on my behalf? And I know he's done it for other people, and I have friends who have stories, but I want to know when God is going to break the silence for me. And what do you do in that moment? It's kind of a tough question to answer because it's not like you can just snap your fingers and wake God up from a nap and then he acts on your behalf. And here's why. When the right time came. And see, God's time is often not our time. We would like it to be and we want it to be, but when the right time was filled, when the right time was kept, God did something and God's time is often not our time, and it's in that land between that we get this opportunity to learn something amazing about the character of God and what he did. And so when time was kept, when time was filled, something happened. And here's the second part of this verse. Here's what we discover. When time was kept, when time was filled, God sent his son. Now, the word sent is kind of intriguing because it really has the idea of God dispatching his son and he dispatched him for a particular purpose. So we could almost read Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 this way. At the right time. When time was filled, when time was kept, God dispatched his son and he did that for a purpose purpose, and that purpose was to rescue all of us. Now, I do think there is something unique in there that we often overlook, and it's the purpose part. God actually had a purpose for doing all of this, and what we discover here is that Advent ultimately is about the generosity of God. Everything that we're walking through and everything that we'll experience and the march to December 25th where we will give and receive gifts ultimately is the story of God and his generosity. Advent displays the incredible and the depth of the generosity of God. 
God is very generous. And you could almost say verse 4 like this. So here's my paraphrase. But when time was just right and people were least expecting anything at all, remember 400 years has a way of killing a dream. So people weren't looking for this. But here's what happened. God's generosity exploded on the scene with the gift of his most precious son. But when time was just right, and people were least expecting anything at all, God's generosity exploded on the scene with the gift of his most precious son. God is generous, and even when people weren't looking for it, he gave. And by the way, this is language that's not unusual for God at all. Think with me for a moment about one of the most famous verses in all of Scripture. God loved the world so much that he gave. And so Advent ultimately is about the generosity of God. And so here's the deal. This time of the year is often marked by the giving and receiving of gifts. And we do that because God gave and so we give but often it takes on this type of tone. Now, this might only be true for me, but I suspect it might be true for some of you as well. So we give and receive gifts, right? But often it looks like this. Well, Uncle Bob is coming over again, and I got to buy Bob another bad Christmas sweater because he's expecting that gift from me. And if I don't do that, he's going to be disappointed, and then I'll be disappointed with myself. And so even though I don't really want to do this, I've got to go out and I've got to spend this money that I really don't want to spend on him. And I know he's not even going to like the bad sweater, but I've got to do it anyway. And Aunt May is going to be there, right? Everybody's got an Aunt May, and she needs a gift card. And so I'm going to do this but I do it begrudgingly. And this is really out of the character of how God gives generously. See, if we want to get close to the heart of God, like if we sense there's just silence there and there is a wall, at some point we have to take action and we have to do some of the things that are close to the heart of God, like giving generously. And so what if, what if we made the choice to reinvent Advent and to give generously in an outward focused kind of way where we choose to help people in a way that is absolutely inexplainable? See, this is what God did. And when I become generous God's way, there's a few things that happen that are remarkable. Now, again, think about this for a second because we're all going to give and receive gifts with our family members and close friends, and that's kind of expected anymore. That's kind of normal, and most of us are going to engage in that. God's giving is a surprise. God's giving is unexpected, and it has this outward focus. And when we become generous and when we give the way that God gave, there are a few things that begin to happen inside of our heart like this. I understand who the true owner is. I understand who the true owner of my stuff is, and it's not me. God's actually the owner of all of my stuff, and he tells us that in Scripture, that everything we have, including the air we breathe, is a gift from God to us. And so when I get generous God's way, All of a sudden, I have this clear understanding that everything I have is actually his. He is the owner, and I'm just a manager of God's stuff. 
Here's what else happens. I begin to hold everything with open hands. And so we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But how something sad happens in our lives when we get confused about who the owner is. Instead of doing this, we begin to close our hands and we pull everything in very close because we're afraid that we're going to miss out and there's not going to be enough for me. When what we find in Scripture is that God continually opens up His arms and His hands and He wants us to have the same kind of posture. And when I understand that He's the owner, this becomes a lot easier for me to do. And in the process... I really start looking out and I'm surprising and delighting people because I'm generous God's way. Here's what else happens. I celebrate more freely what God has done for me. And generally in the process, I become a lot more content with what I have instead of this constant focus on what I don't have which I'll be the first to admit, it's real easy to look at all of that stuff and want that and say, I need, I need, I need. But when we recognize who the owner is and we begin to hold things with open hands because I'm managing God's stuff and it's his anyway, and I celebrate more freely what God has done for me, I become a lot more content with how I have already been given so much. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to share a very... Uh, two very practical takeaways that will help us begin to think about how during this Advent season we can take on the behavior of God and give generously, think in an outward kind of way, and give and share in such a way that is just kind of unexplainable. So takeaway number one, a generosity opportunity is our upcoming Love Day on Saturday, December the 14th. And one of the things we love doing here at Valley Point is we gather on these Saturdays and we take a couple of hours and we line up a bunch of different opportunities where we go out and we serve and we love people without expecting anything in return. And the month of December, even though it's busy and crazy and chaotic, right? There's stuff to buy, stuff to do, and stuff to be, and that often becomes the definition. What if we just take the lid off of that and say, I'm going to give up a couple of hours of my time during a crazy busy month and be generous that way and hold with open hands my time and say, God, you you can take this. And in doing so, I surprise and delight and I have the opportunity to repair and restore and do things for other people that is just simply unexplainable. And in your program, I'd encourage you to take out the Love Day sheet and it just kind of walks you through the different opportunities. And I want you to begin thinking about that right now because I think God wants us all to consider, what can I do? How can I give generously, and my time is one of those ways. So the second takeaway, the second generosity opportunity is something that will be happening throughout this month and into early January, and that is our Christmas offering initiative for 2013. And I'm so excited about this. And if you've been at Valley Point in the past, you know that for the past couple of Christmas seasons, we've just taken an offering And we've set a goal and partnered with some organizations and with people. And then we just take that money. We give it away. And we say, you use it because you have a great, great need. And so we collect. And then we simply 
give it away, and a remarkable thing has happened. We have generally exceeded our goals, and God has just used us in a generous way to do something that really can't be explained. Like There's no words to attach that. It just kind of happens, and people get blessed, and they cry, and they are so, so grateful. And so this opportunity, our Christmas offering initiative is coming, and I actually have a video that we'll share with you who we're choosing to partner with this year, and we'll kind of just unpack what this is going to look like. So let's watch this together. ago at Christmas time, I remember presenting something that I had no idea if it would work. I thought it could, but I really didn't know. I didn't even know if it was a good idea, but God planted it in my heart, and I felt it was something that we had to do, and that is present an opportunity for us to be generous with our money at Christmas time and simply give it away to people and different organizations that had a need. And so three years ago, we presented a couple of different opportunities to give during the month of December, and people really responded. We actually exceeded our goal. Two years ago, we presented a Christmas giving initiative and set a larger goal, and again, we exceeded that goal. Last year, same thing. And the response we get from those who have received these gifts from Valley Point, I can't even describe it because they often have no words just tears, lots of tears, and an overwhelming sense of gratitude. But they're not the only ones changed. Some of the other stories that come out of these generosity initiatives are the people who give and feel like they're part of something that is so much bigger than them. And that's the power of what a group of people can do and experience together when they become generous. And that's happened here at Valley Point. It's really been a remarkable thing to watch, and honestly, it's one of the stories that I share with anyone who asks about what makes Valley Point Church unique. I talk about our generosity and how we just give things away. The Christmas season is here, and I want to present to you our Christmas offering initiative for 2013. We've chosen three different needs that I believe will speak to all of our hearts those who are impoverished, those who are orphaned, and those who are exploited. In February of 2014, we will be taking a group of 30-plus people to the Dominican Republic from Valley Point. It's not a vacation for them. They will spend their days in Villa Ascension, which is a village of Haitian refugees living in the Dominican Republic. There's a vibrant English school there with over 100 students. There's also a sewing ministry where women in the village are learning how to sew clothes and purses that are then sold at the local resorts. We'll be working through a mission called To Empower a Life. Their goal is to teach those living in the village English and train them in a trade which will give them an opportunity to live self-supporting lives. Valley Point's Christmas donation will provide this ministry with funds to keep the English school and the sewing ministry functioning for another year. 
Our generosity will also go towards building a community center where the sewing ministry can expand. Our generosity this Christmas will have a big impact in Villa Ascension. It is estimated that there are between 143 and 210 million orphans worldwide. Those numbers do not include abandonment as well as sold or trafficked children. Every 2.2 seconds, another orphan ages out of the system with no family to belong to and no place to call home. Studies have shown that 10 to 15 percent of these children actually commit suicide before they reach the age of 18. It's hard to know where to even start when it comes to helping. How can God use us? Well, here's the good news. In Pachinik, Russia, we have a partnership with a missionary whose love for the large population of orphans in this area of the world is contagious. His name is Buddy Thigpen, and he works with a feeding center in this area that is providing a most basic need. Our generosity this Christmas will help support this work that is actually called the Valley Point Feeding Center. Its success depends on us. targeted area where we want to use our Christmas offering is for those who are being exploited and abused. This is something that not many are talking about, but I believe it's time for the church to stand up and serve those who are enslaved and trafficked. There are 1.2 million children enslaved for labor or sexual exploitation worldwide. Children. One might think that this is something that only happens in underdeveloped parts of the world, but that's not true. The commercial sexual exploitation of young girls is an epidemic throughout the U.S., including the greater Philadelphia area. There are over 100,000 U.S. citizens, mostly girls, trafficked for prostitution. The typical age for a girl to be trafficked is between 12 and 14 years of age. In extended-stay hotels near the Philadelphia International Airport and other areas, runaway and homeless teen girls are often preyed upon by those who sell their services on the Internet. The basic care program that we're partnering with is located in West Philadelphia and provides emergency housing for runaway and homeless girls under 18. It's a safe place for them to receive support, compassion, and help. Liz Miles, a Valley Point attender, leads this program. Her heart for serving, helping, and restoring is inspiring. It seems the world has turned its back on this population, a young, at-risk, highly vulnerable, often exploited population. Our generosity this Christmas means we can serve more girls and support them as best as we can for as long as needed to get them off the streets and into a safe, long-term housing situation. Poverty, orphans, the exploited. This is our opportunity to make a real and lasting difference. Now here's the goal. Between now and Sunday, January the 5th, we want to raise $30,000 to make a difference. You can give online or you can give at Valley Point Church. You will need to designate your giving as the Christmas offering online. And there's a place for you to do that. Or in the memo section of your check. 
I want to remind you that this should be above and beyond your regular giving to Valley Point, not in place of. If you're newer to Valley Point and have yet to test the giving waters, this would be a great time to start so that you can be involved in something significant this Christmas season. Let's join together and make a difference while generously sharing God's love. Give generously. This is our big idea, and this is what we discover in Galatians chapter 4. That when the right time came, when it was kept, when it was filled, God acted in a very generous way, and he dispatched his son on purpose so that we could have a forever friendship with him. And so we lift up this example, and we lift up this character trait of God who is so generous, and Advent is about his generosity, and say, okay, What can we do as a group of people to give generously and think in an outward kind of way and do for others something that is unexpected? I'm excited to see how God is going to use this place and he's going to use each and every one of us as we journey and give generously. Father, we're so thankful for today and just the opportunity to think about these 10 words these 10 power-packed words in Galatians chapter 4 that give us an insight into who you are and how you behave. And God, what we discover here is that you're a very generous God, and this time of the year is a wonderful reminder of how you looked outside of yourself, and you looked at those who had tremendous need and couldn't do anything to save themselves, and You saw that need and you dispatched your son and provided this wonderful opportunity for us to know you. And that's all because of your generosity. And based on that, God, we now have the opportunity to be generous as well, to embrace your example. So God, we've got a couple of opportunities this month to do just that, to use our time, to be generous there, and to also take our money, which can be a little more difficult, but yet, God, we know that how we use our money, really use your money, is a reflection of what's happening on the inside of us. And so, God, would you just touch us today and help us to be so willing to say, God, what is it that you want for me and my family and our generosity this Christmas and looking at those who are impoverished, those who are orphaned, and those who are exploited. God, use us to do a great work. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for everything that you do in and through us and through Valley Point Church in this community and around the world. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks for listening. We'd also like to invite you to join us for any of our Sunday gatherings as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 and 11 a.m.